0: The hard shoulder on News Talk with Nissan. Let's go the distance by keeping our distance. Nissan, innovation that excites.
1: Well, it's time now, as always on a Tuesday, to go down to Earth. Tomorrow marks the 50th anniversary of Earth Day an annual event celebrated in more than 193 countries to demonstrate support for environmental protection. And here to take the legwork out of planning your Earth Day is our resident environmental scientist, Dr. Cara Gustenberg. What's the origins of this Earth Day?
0: Well, it was catalyzed in the 1960s in the U.S. with with the birth of the environmental movement there. Rachel Carson wrote her book, uh, Silent Spring, in 1962, which really opened the public's eyes to the impact of pesticides on birds and nature. And there was widespread opposition at the time to nuclear weapons testing. And then in 1969, there was this oil spill off the coast of Santa Barbara, California, which killed more than 10,000 seabirds, dolphins, seals and sea lions. And as a result of that, uh, a peace activist named John McConnell proposed the following year that, that we should really have a day every year that he called Earth Day, where we educate people on the importance of the environment for us and, and, and really begin the process of, of widespread public education and environmentalism. So that was the birth of Earth Day in, in 1970.
1: Who is this John McConnell fella?
0: I, interestingly, he, he was born in 1915. So you know we're talking about over 100 years ago. And he And he actually, in 1939, he partnered with a chemist named Albert Noble in building a factory for the manufacturing of plastics. And at the time, he started to realize that these plastics were never going to go away. And that's when his interest in ecology grew. So we've really come full circle from his invention or his help in in inventing plastic manufacturing uh, to now so many people being aware of plastics over 100 years later and, and their impact on the environment.
1: So what were the milestone sort of dates? that It, it started in 1970, did it? And it started yeah. with a proclamation.
0: Yeah, so, so a number of countries came on board and, and signed the Earth Day Proclamation, 36 countries. The last signature was Mikhail Gorbachev in, in 2000, actually saying that they would support this idea of a, of a global Earth Day. And, and, and what we saw in the beginning from 1970 was a, a lot of tree planting efforts and planted a tree on the White House lawn to celebrate the first Earth Day and lots of schools and governments would plant trees. And, and it really didn't kick off uh, and go global until 1990 when over 200 million people in 141 countries mobilized, uh, but particularly to boost recycling efforts worldwide. And there was a big awareness raising effort looking at the trash that was all over Mount Everest at the time from people climbing Mount Everest and leaving all their gear behind. Uh, so it was the first Earth Day that got big global media attention. And then from there, um, it really wasn't celebrated every year in a big way. So Earth Day 2000 was the next one. And that was the first one where there was big online attention because of the use of the Internet. Uh, And it focused a lot on global warming and it reached 184 countries. And actually, Leonardo DiCaprio was the host. So that generated a lot of attention with 400,000 people gathering on the National Mall in Washington, D.C. with him to call for climate action. So it's been a 10-year event until recently where there's been much more effort on an annual basis to to boost the global uh, participation
1: and and what happens in ireland on earth day
0: you know we are our environmental movement started about 10 years behind the u.s so so they started in the 1960s with with this kind of with the oil spill and, and other things ours was really catalyzed in the 1970s with the save wood key protests you may remember 1978 20,000 demonstrators uh, trying to save wood key in Dublin and then 5,000 people in 1979 camping at Karen Point. For this anti-nuclear po- protest that was referred to as Ireland's Woodstock, uh, so lots that was of
1: hippies the, and flower so power very, and yeah, undesirables, was, you know that, that kind was of
0: crowd. The Earth started to set up branches and and everything. So so and that's the substance. But we really didn't see uh, like a celebration of Earth Day um, until the 1990s when Greenpeace, which is now Voice, started to do some celebrations in the Ivy Gardens. And in 1993, we got the Green Schools program, so we've now 27 years of regular environmental education in our schools. And I would say the biggest Earth Day in Ireland, which I know you remember, is uh, 2018 when the Sick of Plastic campaign did that famous shop and drop on the day where they got uh, people in grocery stores to to leave their plastic packaging behind on Earth Day to try and force grocery stores to reduce plastic packaging. And that has continued to have a knock-on effect in how grocery stores are addressing their, their packaging issues.
1: Now, as we know, all events have been greatly impacted by the pandemic. So what's happening? Is Is it tomorrow?
0: Uh, it is tomorrow it's Wednesday and actually stuff has been going on all all week and and this is really interesting because Earth Day has been forced this year to go fully digital um, which I actually think is a bit of an opportunity because now events that maybe would have been restricted to people in a local area have now all gone global so there's a lot of really interesting stuff online if you go to earthday.org you can type in what age group you're looking for and you can find uh, plant-based cooking classes, yoga classes live music event tree planting demos, uh, lots of interesting talks with celebrities like Jane Fonda having her, her uh, fire drill Friday, she calls them and, and chats with with leading UN uh, climate negotiators like Christina Figueres uh, PBS is streaming a conversation with the world's best climate communicators including Michael Mann and Greta Thunberg so there's lots of stuff going on globally uh, and then there is stuff going on in Ireland too. Right um,
1: and, and, and tell us what what's happening uh, tomorrow here
0: yeah, so I've planned your whole day for you, so you can you can do Earth Day all day long, uh, and, a, and it starts uh, from 8 o'clock, Ireland AM is doing their 8 to 10 AM program, they have a big emphasis on Earth Day, so I'll be speaking at 8.15, but lots of other guests are coming on to talk about what you can do at home to to celebrate Earth Day in the morning, and then at 9 AM, the, the National Botanic Gardens launches a, a drawing competition for all ages that goes on till midnight uh, on their Facebook page, National Botanic Gardens, which is, the theme is take care Care of the earth and the earth will take care of you. So there's an opportunity for artists to get involved. Um, at 10 a.m. I'm hosting a one hour live uh, Q&A on my Facebook page, Cara Augustinborg Green, for kids and teens on climate and environment. Uh, then from 12 and at three o'clock, the Birds of Prey Centre in Ballyvaughan is doing a flying demonstration on their Facebook page of, of Birds of Prey. Five o'clock, there is a TD call-a-thon organized by Stop Climate Chaos, so everybody is going online for a one-hour Zoom chat and calling TDs at the same time all together, uh, asking for a fair recovery after COVID-19 that includes faster climate action. And you can register for that on actionnetwork.org. And then later on in the evening, there's the option for a number of webinars and screenings, including Friends of the Earth is doing a webinar on resistance to fossil fuels and mining projects. And there's an online screening of the story of plastic uh, sponsored by Clean Coast. And then finally, at the end of the night, there's the Globe at Night, which is a night citizen science project. Mayo Dark Dark Skies is organizing because it's also International Dark Skies Week this week. So they have lectures every night this week from 8th on their Facebook page, Mayo Dark Skies, uh, and they're asking sci- uh, citizens to get involved in actually looking at the, the sky at night to track light pollution in their area. So there, there is stuff going on all day, but also all week long. The Killarney Park is doing a campaign called hashtag Hug a Tree, Not Me. And if you take a picture hugging a tree and tag Killarney Park on Instagram or Facebook, they'll commit to plant one tree for every tag. Uh, so you don't even have to leave your desk, uh, you just have to take a picture hugging a tree and you've done your part to plant another tree in Ireland.
1: Now sadly tomorrow night I'll be washing my hair and it won't be available to go on the webinars but
0: there, there's not much hair to wash I, I picked
1: off Alright Dr Cara Augustenberg environmental scientist having a very happy birthday tomorrow a 50th birthday party for the Earth Earth Day it is, and uh, enjoy one and all. Thank you indeed uh, for that edition of Down to Earth. Okay, well, last week on the programme on Down to Earth, we were discussing forestry, and Cara was talking about this survey she was doing online with her UCD environmental students. Well, it provoked a response from the forestries industry, Ireland, who felt that there were certain points they wanted to respond to uh, from the item. And Mark McCauley of FII joins us now. Uh, Mark, w- w- was your main concern that she was promoting broadland woodleaf trees at the expense of conifers like Sitka spruce?
2: Hi, Ivan. How are you doing? Thanks for thanks for having us on, and thanks for giving us the opportunity to to come back. No, listen. I think you know a lot of the things that Cara was saying last week. We'd be a hundred percent aligned with. She was talking about the fact that Ireland is great at growing trees, which we are. We've got the right climate. We've got the right soils. Uh, the fact that we've got up to eleven percent forest cover is fantastic. It's a good news story. Uh, the fact that you know she sees forestry in the future ticking a lot of boxes as she said for us in terms of employment in terms of jobs the environment society and amenity value but i think i think she raised a, value, a valuable point and a valid point uh, and we know Carol well, she was good enough to to speak at a conference for us last summer um about the change in direction so certainly now we look at you know the modern irish uh, commercial forestry model um, and it's about planting a mix of species. And I think it, diversification and a mix is important. I think a mix around the country and a diversification around every county in the country, a diversification of species, and a more modern approach to perhaps some mistakes which were definitely made. Well, what, what did you
1: disagree with Cara about?
2: Well, there was a couple of things we were, we were, we were talking about uh, after we we listened to the, to the article. Certainly, you know, I think there's some, some misconceptions there around the sort of stuff we are growing now you know, the Sitka spruce is is the dominant species in the commercial forestry. It's only about half of our forest estate, but let's say it's the dominant commercial species. And Cara suggested maybe that there isn't a great demand for those trees. The reality is every stick of timber that comes out of Irish forests finds a home. And you have this great natural cascade principle where the most valuable, longest life timber products, uh, you know, they're the ones that you earn your keep from. So they're the long life ones. You take those out and then and then others follow on behind that. So you have your construction timber, a huge demand for construction timber, both in Ireland and the UK. Then you have your, your pallet manufacturing, critically important product right now, actually pallets moving everything in the world on pallets using forklift trucks. Uh, and then you're getting into your, your fencing products and others, and then the residues are used in some of our padle, panel products for construction and for, of course, uh, bioenergy. So every stick of timber, every ounce of timber that comes out of our forest has a ready home and a willing home. And we've about 10 sawmills and panel board mills around the country who are processing all of that, supplying the Irish market, supplying the UK market. So it's a really valuable industry. There's 12,000 people working in it. It's worth about 2.3 billion to the economy. And that's another point, if I could just, just say, Cara was making the point to listen, the government, successive governments have a lot of money into this industry, and that's true. There's 100-plus million put into it each year by by the government. Most of that gets paid across to to farmers in the form of forest premiums. But we've built a 2.3 billion uh, euro industry. We've built 12,000 jobs. We have a huge flow of timber coming down the line now, stuff that's maturing now that you were responsible for for getting planted back in the 80s and 90s. So this is paying enormous dividends to, to the Irish exchequer, to the Irish economy in terms of employment creation. And it's a really clean, green industry. And in the same ways we're great at producing dairy products, we're great at producing uh, beef, we're great at producing timber products. We are streets ahead, miles ahead of some of our Scandinavian competitors, for example, simply because the trees will grow uh, two or three times faster in Ireland than they will there. So we have a tremendous natural competitive advantage in this business.
1: And, and the total economic contribution in terms of jobs and exports and GDP is what?
2: We look at it and it, it tots up to about 2.3 billion uh, per annum for the Irish economy and about 12,000 jobs spread all around the country. Um, we have sawmills uh, in the northwest, as far in West Cork, in the southeast, uh, several of them in the Midlands. So it's all spread around generally in small towns. Creating hundreds of jobs in small towns, and then you have all the, the forestry pieces themselves, and uh, a lot of that. You know, the big winners in this are going to be the twenty-one odd thousand um, farmers who have planted trees, and a lot of them are now reaping the rewards when their harvests their their, their harvests come due. They take their their timber to market, and they have willing buyers up and down the country who are craving this timber. In fact, at the, right at the moment, we can't get enough of it. We actually have an issue right it's now in fi- this country. Finally, on that
1: mark, on that mark. What are, what's holding back the industry? If planting levels are being encouraged and they're not achieving their targets despite the best endeavours of you and your colleagues, what are the challenges you currently face?
2: We have a couple of challenges, you know, and I would I would look at it, you know, we're between two peaks at the moment. I see the future being very bright. The, the, the past is a great success story, but we have challenges at the moment. We're only planting less than 4,000 hectares per annum. The government itself would like to be planting twice that amount in order to hit the climate change targets. And I think we have a difficulty there in converting farmers uh, to planting forestry. It's a genuinely... Great financial option for a lot of farmers uh, with parts of their farm which are which are poorer soils.
1: But I thought there was a problem with red products. tape. Mm,
2: sorry, yeah, there's a lot of red tape. A lot of red tape, Ivan. You know, we have a huge problem at the moment in in the regulation of the industry. Very, very tightly regulated. Um, from an environmental perspective, takes a long time to get a a license to go in and fell some trees, takes a long time to get a license to go in and and plant some trees. And we need to get on top of that. We really, really do. The Department of Agriculture, along with the next Minister for Agriculture, really needs to get on top of this issue because it is strangling the industry. And there are genuine concerns out there amongst our sawmills and our foresters that people are going to go out of business if this isn't fixed and isn't fixed quite quickly. And, a change attack is possible, you know, it's a change of philosophy, you know, absolutely the industry, you know, it, 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 you know needs to be environmentally controlled, it needs to have, have best practice, but the people working in the industry, if you imagine somebody who goes to, 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 to college and studies forestry, the type of person is a very genuine, environmentally conscious person, we want the best, right. um, but it needs to be, you know, it needs to be a working system.
1: All right, we await developments, uh, certainly in the intra of the new Minister for Forestry, Mark McCauley, Director of Forestry's Industry Ireland. Thank you for joining us on The Hard Shoulder. Thank you.
0: The Hard Shoulder on News Talk with Nissan. Together, let's play our part by staying apart. Nissan, innovation that excites.